Welcome to Start With A Win, where we unpack franchising, leadership, and business growth. Let's go. And coming back to you from Start With A Win headquarters at Area 15 Ventures, it's Adam Contos here with Dre Baldwin. Dre has done four TEDx talks. He's written 33 books and he impacts millions of people online through his YouTube channels, his daily podcast. Dre is one of the highest performance people that I know, uh, ex-professional basketball player turned businessman. Dre, we've been digging into a lot of the concepts behind why people do things and why people just want to do things, as well as taking action versus planning and establishing goals. Everybody go back and listen to episode one because it connects really well to this. We're going to unpack even more your mindset and how to actually GSD get stuff done on this part too. Dre, help me understand. We've talked about consistency and working on your game and things like that. You talk a lot about professional mindset. You you defined professional last time on, on part one, but talk to me about this roadmap that you discuss. How do we put this roadmap in reverse in order to get some things done? Well, it's actually a really simple thing. Roadmap in reverse just means we're going to deconstruct from your goal back to where we are right now. So let's just say uh, somebody said, uh, Dre, I want to make it to the NBA. But right now they're on the JV high school team. So I'll say, okay, in order for you to be in the NBA, what would need to be true? And they say, well, uh, I had to sign a contract. Some team had that want me on their roster. And what would have to be true for that to happen? Well, I have to go to training camp and I got to outweigh the other guys trying out for a roster spot. Well, it had to be true for that. Well, I got to probably play in summer league. And then before that, you got to get drafted or invited. And before that, you probably need to play in college. You can be on somebody's radar. So for that to happen, you got to actually be on the college team. For that to happen, you got to be in college. You got to be on the club. So we would just deconstruct, go working all the way back until we get to where you are today, where you stand today. And now we have our map in reverse. Now all we had to do is execute on all the steps of that plan. And that's how we get to the outcome. So that's the roadmap in reverse process. Wow. I mean, it's it sounds simple. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess the execution part has, uh, that's is the heavy part. lifting, that's right? Right. right. And so, we got to factor in contingencies, Adam, because just because we laid it out like that, that simple doesn't mean it always works that way. Best laid plans of mice and men. Yeah. Exactly. Rock. Yeah. All right. So you've, you've sat down with somebody who wants to get into the NBA as a professional basketball player. Um, and you've deconstructed that what comes next? How do you, how do you start? okay, I know what I, you know, what needs to be true, but how do I make that true? So once we work all the way back to where you are today, we, you keep working back until you get to an action step that you can take right now. So let's just say we're talking about someone who wants to start a business. We do the same thing. You want to start a business that earns this much per year. Let's say a hundred thousand dollars a year to keep it simple. We work it back and you haven't started the business yet. You're still in your full-time employment. We work it backwards until we get to some step that you can take right now. And now we got to take that first step. And then we take the next step. Then we take the next step because we have the whole plan laid out. But we also, again, have to have contingency. So in case this step, step number three, doesn't go the way you expect it. Okay, what are some other ways we can get to step four without doing it the way we first planned? So, and these are the steps that had to be taken along the way. And when I'm working with somebody, if someone, if I'm coaching somebody, we're going through all these steps. I say, okay, all right, you see this map, right? Now you see what we have to do, right? And you see that there's some things on this map that you've never done before. And you're going to be challenged here. You're going to need courage, not confidence. I'm going to be there with you, but uh, you're going to have to, I call it the 5149 rule, Adam. Uh, 51% is majority ownership stake. All right. You got to take 51% ownership of this. I'm the coach, but I can't do it for you. And you have to take ownership of this. And as long as you're willing to take ownership, then we can make it happen. As I can walk you through 
what to do, how to do it, and coach you along the way mentally, support you emotionally, all of those things. But you have to be willing to take the steps. So as long as they're on board with that, then we can make it happen. Wow. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head here with you have to take 51% ownership. It seems like people want to take less ownership in this day and age and throw some excuses in there or some, you know, the use the word but and for and kind of talk around things. Do you see that happening? And how do you deal with that as a performance coach? I do see it happening and I keep those people out of my world. <laughs> I love it. If they don't want to, somebody doesn't want to take ownership, I can't help you because that will require me having more ownership of your success than you have. And that's probably not going to work out too well. So I want to filter those people out and don't even want them coming in in the first place. And this goes back to that 80 20 principle that when you think about anybody running a business, you look at your business and the top 20% people who you work with, whether that's in revenue or the top 20% revenue that they generate that you make from them, or the top 20% is this who you like working with the most, who are the easiest to deal with, your ideal clients. If you focus on those people, they're, you're going to find some commonalities amongst them. And you want to focus doing as much work with them as possible and eliminate everybody else. So you want to filter the rest of those people out. But that's hard for people to do because 80% of your clientele. And you're really comfortable with that 80% of the clientele that you have to kick out. And that courage to kick them out is what allows somebody to go to the next level. But since a lot of people don't want to kick them out, they don't go to the next level. This is just what happens. Wow. I, it, t- it takes courage to get rid of those B's and C's and keep the A's in your world. And I've, I've heard it put so many times, and I, I truly believe in this, A players hire A players, B players hire C players. Why is it that somebody, from in your opinion, why is it that somebody that is trying to be mediocre likes people that are less mediocre than them? I mean, wouldn't they want to get better? I mean, well, what, no, no. <laughs> Most people want to get better in theory, uh-huh. but they don't want to get better in action. When they find out what it actually takes, like the saying goes, everybody's a beast till it's time to do what a beast does, right? Oh, yeah. So in theory, yes, everybody wants to get better. If you ask a random person on the street, hey, do you want to be in a better position five years from now than you are right now? Everybody would say yes. But when it comes to the actions they would need to take to get into a better position, they usually are not doing it. They're kind of going through the motions and saying that they want to get better, but not actually doing anything to do it. And I I tell people this all the time, Adam, that uh, involuntary growth ends at puberty. Uh, So after you turn about, let's say, 21, 22 years old, you don't grow by accident anymore. You got to grow on purpose. You got to be conscious and intentional about your growth, which means you have to invest in your growth. You got to invest in their five forms of investment, time, money, attention, energy, and focus. You got to put all of these into anything you're going to be successful at, which means are you uh, hiring coaches? Are you going to seminars? Are you buying books? Do you have, or do you have a mentor? Are you, are you held accountable in any way? Uh, what are you doing that's actually moving you forward? What are you doing every day? At the end of the day, can you look at your list of accomplishments and activities from that day and say, I did this today and this moved me forward and made me better at who I am and better at what I do or more valuable in the marketplace. Most people could not point to even one thing. And it's not because they can't do it. It's simply because they're not conscious and intentional about doing it. So most people don't fail due to a lack of ability or a lack of resources or lack of information. That's all nonsense excuses. Simply because they're not conscious about actually doing something that will make them better in fact nice i i truly believe that i i mean you and i are on the same wavelength here in order to get something done people you have to take the actions that are required to get that done instead of just doing things throughout the day you know we 
it's it's interesting. I've seen so many salespeople. Let's take sales for instance in this uh, manner, uh, where you say, "All right, what are you doing?" And they go, "Oh, I'm prospecting." But all they're doing is surfing social media. I, I go, "What are you prospecting?" Well, I'm checking on everybody that I know and liking their stuff and staying in connection. I'm like, "Are you?" That's a bunch of BS. I mean, it's let's put some some hard, heavy lifting into our sales process. And I know you coach businesses and business leaders. What does hard, heavy lifting look like in business to you in order to get things done? Firing yourself. This is the most important thing. This is something wow. that I it, myself have had to deal with because you got to understand where I come from. Man. I come from, I was on, I was creating content in 2005 before we call it content. Yeah. Right? And this, I didn't hire my first assistant till 2016. So for 11 years, I was just creating content. I was doing blog posts. I was managing my lists. I was dealing with customer service. I was doing all of that stuff. And it finally dawned on me at some point. I don't know. I don't know if there was any specific thing, but it was one day. I just got to the end of the day. I've been working hard all day and I felt I was tired. I was fatigued from working, but I'm like, I didn't really make any progress today. I, I, kept the ship afloat, but we didn't go anywhere. And it's like you're running on a treadmill, right? You you worked out, you're tired, but you're still in the same spot. And that's how I felt. And I said, I can't keep doing this. I have to get some other people on doing tasks that I do. They could be at least 80% as good as I am. That's the good enough point. And I remember Tim Ferriss talked about that. Like, what are you okay with being good enough? All right, so that you can focus on the things that you do best. And this all led to something that I now can articulate very well. And I tell my audience this all the time is that most people are really great. I'm talking like money skills. I call them your million dollar skills and no more than three things. Some people is only one. Some people have two. And if you're exceptional, you got three. That's it. And everything else you want to offload as quickly as you can. You may not be able to do it right now, but you should be strategizing. How do I fire myself from these other jobs so that somebody else can do it? So like how we ended up here on the show my assistant reached out to you, all right? So I, I fired myself from that job because I hate doing that. I hate managing email. I don't want to do that. Uh, I had somebody else do it. You got a producer right over there that we can't see, right? And you fired yourself from that job. I don't know if you ever did it on your own. You fired yourself even before you got it, right? So <laughs> yeah. the whole point is you got to know when to fire yourself from a job. So there are certain things that I know I hate doing. I hate uh, managing I'm not email, but uh, advertising campaigns. I don't want to open Facebook ads. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. I want somebody else to manage it. Just give me the report. How much did we spend? How much did we make? I don't want to touch it. I don't want to manage a CRM. I don't want to manage um, KDP when books come out. I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to build another sales funnel. I'm never building another sales funnel. All right, all my books, I built the funnel. I'm not building any more funnels. I will hire somebody else to do those things. Not that I can't do them. And this is the challenge. I can do all of those things. I'm good at doing all of those things. I could do it better probably than my assistant can do it if I wanted to, but I don't want to do it. So you have to have the courage to fire yourself from jobs that number one, you either don't need to be doing, number two, are not in your wheelhouse of zone of genius, or number three, you suck at. And I tell my, I tell people in my audience this all the time. If I, cause I get people all the time who say, well, Dre, maybe I don't need to do, maybe I don't need to join a program or hire a coach. Maybe I can just do it on my own. Well, I'll say, You've been doing it on your own for the last five years and we're here. So clearly somebody needs to get fired. <laughs> you're in charge of your, you're in charge of the process and making you money and you're not making the money you want to make. You're fired from the job of making you money. Now I've even told people in my, one of my mastermind groups, he made a website, right? 
So we had a call every Saturday, right? So we had a group call every Saturday. So Saturday, he says, I'm going to make a website for some of my things. I said, all right, next week, show us the site. He shows us the site next Saturday. I said, who made the site? He said, I did. I said, you're fired. All right, you are banned, <laughs> you are banned from ever making another sales page again because you don't know what you're doing. All right, this is not your skill. Uh, it's not your wheelhouse. You got to fire yourself from that job and put somebody else on the job who's better than you because if you present yourself this way, who's going to give you money? Not anybody who's worth anything, right? So we got to be honest with ourselves about when to fire ourselves from a job, either because you're not good at it, it's not in your zone of genius, or you simply don't need to be doing it because it's a drain on your energy. I know what I should be doing. I should be speaking to an audience or I should be writing. I shouldn't be doing anything else. Those are the two things that I'm great at. Speaking one-on-one or an audience, if you want to split those up into two things, and I should be writing. Those are my million-dollar skills. If I'm doing anything other than that, I'm thinking, all right, how do I get myself off this job as quickly as possible? Smart. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I, I, I learned this lesson early on. One of my mentors uh, had asked me, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I'm going to mow the lawn. He goes, why are you going to mow the lawn? He goes, how much money does that make you? I said, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm good at it. He goes, why don't you hire somebody to mow your lawn and go make money while they're mowing your lawn? And I thought, oh, okay. I got rid of my lawnmower that day. Right. So, so you know, we call that, Adam, we call that using your money to buy time. And I, I tell my audience about that often is that because the person who you hire, simply you got to know how much your time is worth, right? So you familiar with Dan Kennedy? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So most people, marketers who know their stuff know Dan Kennedy. Now he's he isn't big on the internet, so a lot of internet babies don't know him, but I know you would know him. So Dan Kennedy talks about this in his uh, No BS Time Management book. You got to know exactly how much an hour of your time is worth, so then yeah. you can easily make value judgments. So knowing what an hour of your time is worth, I'm sure it's less than what you had to pay a lawnmower, right? So then you use that money, pay the lawnmower. Now you got an hour of time back or however big your lawn is. I don't know how big your lawn is. And now you can go do things to make money. And it's value-wise, it's absolutely making you more money. So awesome. that's, and I tell people that as well, if you know how much an hour of your time is worth as a writer or a speaker or a coach or a prospector or a marketer, or whatever, you pay someone to do the minutiae task that you don't need to be doing. And now you bought time. And, and the other thing is the other piece of this is that if you're not good at something, let's say someone's thinking about hiring you as a, as their coach or joining your program or buying your book or hiring you as a mentor and they're kind of um, apprehensive about parting with their money because they're like, this is a big investment. I don't know if I want to do this. Well, here's the thing. And what I tell people, all right, if you keep doing everything on your own, you might figure this all out, but it's going to take you five years. If you work with me or if you work with Adam, you're going to get it figured out. It's going to take you five months. Now, the price of that difference is we're talking four and a half years, right? So would you pay, let's say your investment is $30,000. Would you pay $30,000 to buy four and a half years of time? And add it on to your life because that's literally what we're talking about here. If somebody's on their deathbed and you're about to die, and the doctor said, Look, you're going to die in five minutes, but you come up with $30,000, you live another four and a half years. Would you take the deal? Almost everybody would say yes. Yep. All right. That's what using your money to buy time means. So it's not just about delegating, it's also about how do I condense time frames and achieve my outcomes faster by investing in getting to a solution faster than I would get to it by doing things by myself. Nice. Otherwise known as scale and leverage, people. Let's let's take advantage of the uh, the leverage that we can have because of the expertise out there. I mean, it's yes, it 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 has a dollar sign assigned to it, but ultimately, it it means more than that. It means substantial time. It means substantial future. And a lot of people, you know, they they come into this life 
and they're going, oh, all right, I got a new job. I want to get promoted. Okay, well, hire a, a promotion coach if you want to get promoted. Why? Because the money you spend on the promotion coach is actually going to be paid for by the promotion that you get out of doing that relatively quickly. And then you've got additional runway. And instead of becoming a VP in a company, if you're in the corporate world, maybe you become an, a senior executive VP or a C-suite officer because you started accelerating that growth through expertise. I mean, Dre's got a lot of gold here. Dre, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about balancing ambition because we are in a get it done type mindset here. We're about taking action, things like that. But let's talk about happiness and how that plays into it because we can be overwhelmed in our happiness if all we're trying to do is, you know, get the boxes checked and move on with our career. How did you balance happiness in all of this progress that you had? I know you have a, you have a wonderful family and, and you're really happy here, but people go, do I have to have one or the other? You know, you, you always hear, oh, money can't buy you happiness. Well, I got to tell you, you're in charge of creating your happiness and having money with it is great. So take us through that a little bit. What, what can you tell our listeners uh, as far as your advice about finding that happiness? It's a good question, Adam. I, nobody's ever asked me that. And honestly, I don't really think about happiness over the course of a day. I, I really don't. Wow. I just think about uh, doing what it is that I want to do because this the business that I have is something that I want to do. Uh, this okay. is not something that was forced upon me. It didn't fall in my lap. This is something that I intentionally and consciously created, which was it started with the athletes because I was just trying to figure out how can I stay connected to basketball and make money from it. And that's how I got on the internet. And then I knew I had to transition because I wasn't going to play forever. And I realized there are people who wanted a piece of what I was doing. And it morphed into what work on your game became. But I'm not doing things that I don't want to do. So I'm happy doing this. This is fun for me. Now, I love it's it. fun for me to get on here and have this conversation with you. This is not a drag for me. Like, oh, man, I got to do another interview. I don't look at it like that. I'm excited to do this because I know there are people who have never heard of me before and otherwise never would have heard of me if not for this collaboration. So I look forward to doing stuff like this and getting my message out there and hoping as many people as possible can actually catch it. I like I got ideas. I got like three ideas for articles I want to write today that I'm going to schedule to go out to my email list. And I, they're on the tip of my fingers. I just want to write them because I, I want to make sure I get that message out there because I know it's impacting people. So as far as happiness goes, it kind of just comes as a package deal with me doing what I want to do and living the way that I want to live. And the, the win, I'm a competitor. So the win for me is serving more people. Of course, we want to make money. We're in business to make money. Uh, all of that stuff, that's all part of the, the happiness package for me. But I never look at it like, what do I have to do to be happy? Like, I'm happy right now. In this exact moment, I'm happy right now doing this, having this conversation. Right on. That's awesome. I mean, it's, I guess, if you're doing what you want to do, not what you have to do, then you, you get some intrinsic outcome from that in your level of happiness. And you get to share that with your family and your friends and um, really the, the people that you serve every day. But you're right. I mean, the service is this the service is a revenue generating model as well, which is okay. You know, it, we're not all working at a charity here. We're working for the betterment of, of other people and they're willing to pay for that. Dre, you're online in a lot of places. Where can everybody on Start With A Win find you on YouTube, your podcast, as well as your website? Sure. So my my podcast is called Work On Your Game. So it's on all the audio streaming platforms. Pretty easy to find. You just look that up or look up my name. As far as social media, I'm on every social media platform. So just name one, look my name up. I'm very easy to find on all of those as well. Uh, probably most active on Instagram. My Instagram is just my name, at Dre Baldwin. 
as I use the Instagram stories function, but I publish on every platform at least once a day. At least my assistant does. I don't like doing that either. So <laughs> I make sure I get published on uh, all the platforms every day. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, work on your game university. That's the place we're most focused on. That's the place where I do all my masterminds, coaching, et cetera. It's just work on your game university.com. But other than that, then once you come into my world, we'll, we'll let you know about everything else. So Awesome. Make sure you check out Dre online and work on your game. Dre is the CEO and founder of Work On Your Game, Inc. Dre, I have a question I ask all of our amazing guests on this show, and that's how do you, as a professional athlete, as a motivational speaker, as somebody who coaches super high performers, how do you start your day with a win? Oh, great question. Morning routine. Yes. Morning routine. Yeah, so every day I wake up about 3.45 a.m., and between 3.45 and 8 o'clock, that's the time when I'm doing, I guess what they call now self-care. So that's when I'm yoga, exercise, meditation, water, workout, uh, get dressed. And by eight o'clock, I'm in work mode at the latest, the jacuzzi also. So those are all things that I do to start my day, but there's a routine for that. And I try to get a lot of that stuff. I try to get all of that stuff out of the way by eight o'clock every single morning, but it is routinized. I know exactly what I'm doing every day with my eyes closed. Awesome, man. There's a lot of value in this podcast as well as the one before this part one. Make sure you check that one out. Also, Dre, you've got a lot of great books out there. I love what you're writing. I love the content you're putting out in your videos. Everybody, make sure you check out Dre Baldwin all over the interweb as well as what he's written in his TED Talks. Dre, thanks for being on Start With a Win. Thanks for having me on, Adam. I appreciate you sharing your platform.